Alison Maitland, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Women in Leadership 85 Broads podcast series today. You, you indeed are a conference moderator. You've been rate, um, moderating the conference this morning. What are the themes that you in particular notice that women have in common that have come through to the fore in a time of recession and perhaps when some people here might not think they're likely to get a job? Well, I think one of the things that we've been talking a lot about today, and I'm very pleased we have, is actually the opportunity that, that women have, not the challenges so much that women face, because obviously they do. I mean, women and men face uh, great challenges moving into the job market, if that's where they are at the moment. Um, but we've really been focusing on the opportunities to make change um, and that's both, you know, personal opportunities, personal decisions. Uh, one of the interesting things that came out there was um, from a young woman who's at McKinsey. Um, she was talking about how uh, when she went into the jobs market, there, they, people were just crawling all over um, people of talent like, like herself. It was too easy. It was basically, she said it was too easy. She said that you may not like to hear this, but actually... Um, in this jobs market, when things are very much tighter, so much, so much, so difficult, really, um, it actually forces you to think about what you really, really want to do, what your values are, where you want to end up, rather than just going for the first thing that comes along, or the first beautiful offer, or the largest pay packet, or whatever. Yes, that really comes across. There's great optimism here, isn't it? If you're sending out as an MBA student your CV, you might think you might not get a job. Well, people here seem to be saying, use the recession, use the crisis, think carefully about what you want to do, be strategic, be targeted. Now, now you spent 20 years with the FT and you've written Why Women Do Business. Do you think that optimism can be taken forward into the job market? Um, yes, I, I do. I think that uh, the, the, the women who are here today, uh, who, who are all immensely talented and immensely qualified, um, they are in many ways the future because the way that we see things changing, the demographic and economic changes that we've seen um, and that we document actually in our book, Why Women Mean Business, um, is, it really are, are absolutely phenomenal. I mean, women are now, for example, 60% of the of university graduates across the developed world, but also in other parts of the world. You wouldn't believe it, maybe, but in Iran, for example, or in the Gulf region. Um, so women are not only the majority of the, of the educated workforce today, they're also the majority of the marketplace. Um, women are making 80% of consumer spending decisions. And there's also now a whole body of evidence that actually having gender balance in your leadership, which is really what we're talking about. We're not talking about women ruling the world or taking over or you know, throwing all the men out. We're talking about gender balance. Um, and there's lots of evidence now that having gender balance is actually good for the bottom line. It actually makes, you know, it's linked with greater profitability and greater efficiency for companies. I think companies are really waking up to that. And they're, they're very aware, certainly, of the talent argument. And so I think that the women who are here today um, and women who are studying at Judge can, can go out when they're looking for jobs. And actually, they should be asking the questions of future employers. They should be asking um, you know, what's it like to work here? How many women do you have at the top of your organization? How easy is it for women to get to the top? Because, you know, there are a lot of organizations where it's still very difficult. And women should be, as much as they can be, should be choosing the places where they think they're going to get on and where they know that they're going to get on. Let's just start. You talked about the individual level, a little bit about the corporate level. But what about things like Great Britain's first equality bill? 
Do, do you think that helps progressive legislation? Uh, some women might say, well, I don't want help. But actually, it's hugely about gender balance in the workplace, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, legislation can, I think, only go so far. Um, I don't think that it uh, necessarily changes culture. I think you need, you need other things to help change culture. Um, one of the greatest things that can help change culture is actually real leadership from the top. Uh, a message from somebody who's a real charismatic leader. Could, could be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Um, but somebody at the top of an organisation or in, in government or something like that. So, I mean, for example, we've seen um, in Spain an overnight transformation, actually, in the government. It's a, you know, we, we think of Spain as being a very sort of macho culture, and that's where it ca- it's come from. But, um, you know, that it's now considering women in the boardroom, too, following on from exactly. Norway and Iceland. So, you know, it's leading to progress. Absolutely. So, in fact, there, there are now quite a few governments around um, around Europe that have gender parity in their in their you know amongst their ministerial um, uh, group. So, in the cabinet, um, and Finland and Iceland, um, Spain, France. You know, I mean, so so this that, so those are big changes that have happened overnight through through leadership, through real leadership at the top, um, through just saying, well, you know, and this is silly nonsense, just having you know one one gender totally dominating things. So I think going back to legislation, I mean, it has been immensely important, equal rights legislation, equal pay legislation, sex discrimination legislation. These have all been immensely important in changing the landscape and in protecting, I think, the most vulnerable people particularly. You have to have that sort of safety net, that fallback position. But in terms of, you know, really innovative thinking and breakthrough, you need something else, and that is about leadership. And it's also about, you know, about every one of us pushing you know, pushing it ourselves. So. You've spent oh, 20 years with the FT, so clearly you've witnessed a lot of uh, progress and change in your own uh, career. What tips would you give women starting out today, perhaps with an MBA in business from judge or, or anything else? Do you think that there is a list of do, do's or don'ts, or do women just find their own way because they're intuitive and tough? Well, that's very good. I mean, not not very very um, very good question. I, I mean, I think that uh, I, I think that the main thing is to realise that there isn't a one size fits all. There isn't a sort of you know career plan that you should follow absolutely strictly um, that's going to get you make you successful. Um, I, I think that you know every everyone ind- and individually will find their own career path. Though one thing that we probably don't do enough of is actually thinking about where we want to be, where we want to get to. Um, and working towards that, so having enough of a plan. And I, and I hear that over and over again. I mean, particularly it's said about women, um, but I, th- I think it probably applies to, to men too, not actually um, perhaps structuring you know, the way that they're thinking about their careers. Um, and it's particularly difficult if you're, you know, if you're going to have a family at some point along the way, then um, that can often sort of set you, you know, off the off the, the track in some way or another or you maybe become very focused on that for a, for a period in your career it's very important to realize that there is actually life after after you know after small children let's say um and um, that having babies as as, uh, as uh, some companies seem to think is not a terminal illness actually it's a very positive thing <laughs> what you heard for whatever reason is is women on the panel today having quite eclectic careers and at times in their life having quite bold careers they've they've gone for jobs when they haven't had the qualifications they've made a life change and out of that it's become a career change so you know those kind of cvs can be quite threatening to an employer can't they they're creative cvs they're not two years this two years that than the next two years 
Yes, that's a, it's a very good point. And I think, you know, the women on the panel um, are very much entrepreneurial women, I would say. Um, and it's, it, I, I don't think that it's the norm. I mean, there is certainly research that shows, for example, that women will typically put themselves forward for a job if they feel that they meet 100% of the criteria and only then will they put themselves, you know, up for that job. Whereas we've, men, seen, we've seen the opposite here today. That's why I, yes, I'm mentioning yeah, absolutely. it. Whereas I was going to say that, that you know, men, men will typically, um, uh, or it's a male trait, to say, well, I can do for 60% of those, of those things, those criteria, and I'll learn the rest on the job. So, um, so we, we do need, I think organisations need to realise that, companies need to realise that, and actually need to realise that, Sometimes you have to uh, push women a bit harder to say, you know, actually, you are the best qualified person for this next job. And we do want you because I think that actually came out on the panel as well. Or it came out in Janet Hansen's speech that at the very beginning of her career, she was in a in a job in a in a golf club. And it was only through a, a man who spotted her intelligence and her, her potential actually really really pushing her that she moved out of that and went on to to do the great things that that she she's done in her in her career so I think that and I've heard this over and over again with women um, who are very successful and very very capable that they started out um, not knowing what their potential was and actually having a great um, a, a champion or a mentor or somebody along the way who really sort of pushed them actually out of their comfort zone and I, and that seemed to be you know, incredibly important in terms of, in terms of moving them on. So I think you know some women have got that sort of natural drive. Some men have that natural drive to go into, uh, to go and set up your own business, take a huge risk or whatever. Um, but um, you know, for 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 a lot of people, it it, it actually really does help to have, and, and particularly women, I think, to have somebody there. Uh, who spots their potential and actually really sort of pushes them and asks them over and over again, doesn't make assumptions, this woman won't want to travel in her career, she's going to have children. We heard some of that from the audience, you know, assumptions being made about women having babies and therefore not wanting to be on the career track. That is just ludicrous. Um, But if we get back to this thing called the recession, the R word, global recession... As someone who's experienced in financial reporting and as a woman who's diversified in your own career, do you really think it can be overcome, that, that, that people are not going to have more knockbacks, not want to give up because they think, well, my CV hasn't even been replied to or acknowledged, yet alone progressed within the organisation? Let's not be too romantic about it. It is going to be tough. Yes, I think I think you're absolutely right, and I I, I mean it, it may sound you know <laughs> it may sound romantic or idealistic to think that that um, you can go out there and change things while you're also struggling to get a job. No, that, there's no doubt about that. But what I would say is that I think that in a, in a broader way, uh, individually, it's probably quite difficult if you're in the jobs market to make change yourself at this stage. But I think that um, in a much broader sense, this is a moment when. Uh, when we're having a massive renewal, basically, you know, old bad practices, um, bad things that are, that, are, that are being thrown out of, of the corporate world, bad practices being questioned, um, a whole, you know, questioning about regulation and governance and all those sort of things. <clears throat> and it is really important, I think, to seize this opportunity as a moment for for, uh, for companies really to think about the way that they run work, the way that they think about career models, the way they think about work. Actually, it's a chance to uh, think in the longer term. I think the, the most competitive companies, the ones that will probably come out of this recession stronger, 
will be those that really have understood where the, where the future, where the current and future talent lies, how to hold on to it, how to motivate it, um, and, and also how to, how to redesign work. We've got all this technology now that enables us to work in a completely different way. Uh, and this is, this is a moment to be talking about, thinking about all of those things and, to, and really to be creating, uh, well, to, to be renewing, I think, for, for a better and more sustainable model of capitalism. And just finally, 85 Broads, an impressive network. It is, and I think that um, I think that women's networks that are sort of like that, that are across sectors, um, across countries, are incredibly useful um, if women use them well. Um, there's another one in Europe called the European Professional Women's Network, which is um, a, an amazing organisation. And people, if you use it well, you can um, you can find people for a job that you're wanting to fill. You can find a job yourself through it. You can uh, connect with people a- across continents. Uh, you can find uh, common communities of interest. It is uh, it, it, the, these kind of networks are, are immensely useful. I think personally, they're more useful than in internal company women's networks, which I don't think really sort of connects you with, you know, with that sort of broader world. But another thing I would say about networks, I think these women's networks are fantastic and very, very helpful and we need them. Um, but in terms, of, uh, in, in terms of corporate networks, I think one of the things that we haven't had and that's really been missing is a, a bridge between the sort of the, the, the male the, the sort of the dominant male network and, and the female networks. And I think that that's beginning now to be broken down, but it's, it's up to us, all of us to make sure that we are actually talking and those networks actually do meet each other because otherwise the, the guys at the top are never going to understand how many fantastic, uh, able, talented women there are out there who, who should be filling these, these jobs. Well, let's end on that note. <laughs> Thank you very much. (laughs) Alison Maitland, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School Women in Leadership, 85 Broads podcast series today. Thank you very much indeed.